Welcome to Brit Happens. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Brit Happens is an interview-based audio show where successful entrepreneurs, professionals, and thought leaders discuss how they've navigated unexpected career curveballs and turned setbacks into wins and stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Our purpose is not just to identify the issues and obstacles, but dive into the thought processes and tactics that can be deployed to overcome challenges all of us face. Look, I I tell everyone, keep everyone honest. The job should be symbiotic. As much as you are blessed to be in a situation where you can say, I want this, you know, you're giving just as much back, you have to keep them honest. I would never be there if I was in the same position I was at, if I didn't push for different roles or, you know, put myself out there to get exposure to other people, to get offered other roles, become redundant. I say every two to three years, I kind of reflect on, am I happy? What I want to do? Is this where I want to be still? Am I having fun? And, you know, you don't have to have fun every single day, but if you're going months and you haven't had fun, then... You need to look and can you have fun where you're at or do you need to go look somewhere else? So it's not like I've never looked anywhere else, but you know, I've always been able to find what I need there. You know, I always say get the most out of what you have now before you go and make that big move to something else because it's going to be much harder to come back. I manage the teams that build the strategy for all the audiences that we sell to. So I oversee all of our marketing for financial products, which simply means anything related to the financial tools we sell. So mostly what people know Bloomberg for. We have hundreds of thousands of clients around the world leveraging our financial data, analytics, news, etc., to do their jobs and make money for themselves and make money for others. Hey, Brandon. Happy to be here. I'm super exciting. I can feel the enthusiasm. <laughs> I know, I'm super excited. <laughs> this, this is COVID, this is just the constant demeanor. You've been at Bloomberg for almost 13 years since graduation and have held various positions. So would you mind just giving our audience a little blurb about how you got there and rose into the ranks to be HNX? <laughs> <laughs> sure, it, look, it was, um, I, I didn't expect it. Uh, I ended up, I think, at Bloomberg, not on accident, but I wasn't, you know, coming out of undergrad, I, I wasn't sure what I'm going to do. So I was going to do consulting, going to go to banking. Um, at one point, I think I wanted to like intern for Diddy and like go into like a and um, I was like, should I do retail? Um, and, you know, I couldn't decide. And then, you know, the, the Bloomberg opportunity came up um, and it was for um, a sales role. So you know, kind of get in there, understand the markets. And my thought was, you know, I'll go there for a couple of years figure out what I want to do, leave, and do something else. And, you know, the market crashed in 2008. Um, I got there in 07, market crashed in 08. Uh, so it wasn't a great time to leave. And I also was doing well there in a pretty short amount of time. So, you know, one thing led to another. It was part of our sales team leading our efforts for corporations for a while and our foreign exchange business in, in, in the Northeast. And, um, you know, another inflection point, you know, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I, I want to get out of sales. What do I do? Where do I want to go? Um, and I had worked a lot with marketing um, at Bloomberg uh, previously because marketing was new at that point. Marketing as a department didn't come into fruition until about 10 years ago uh, at Bloomberg. So it was a new thing. Um, we tried to figure out how to leverage it in an organization that was really built on sales and salespeople. Uh, so, um, so I was like, all right, let me, let me give it a shot. I, one of my degrees from or it is in marketing. So it wasn't such a, a far shot. So I was like, let me, let me give that a chance and, and see what it's like. And that was, uh, six and a half years ago. And since then, I've, you know, uh, climbed up, uh, the ranks a bit. Um, 
where now I oversee all of our marketing for financial products, which simply means anything related to the financial tools we sell. So for mostly what people know Bloomberg for. So not the media side, obviously, but the, you know, the side that, you know, we have hundreds of thousands of clients around the world leveraging our financial data, analytics, news, et cetera, to, to do their jobs and make money for themselves and make money uh, for others. So, um, so that's what I do. Very thorough, because you answered two follow-up questions in your response. I wanted you to expound upon what exactly your role is and what you sell in market, rather, and you did. Yeah, so, and it's interesting at Bloomberg, you know, so we, um, you know, we do everything in-house. So it's, a, it's an interesting role. So I manage um, the teams that build a strategy for all the audiences that we that we sell to. So it's, uh, you know, those those folks are looking at, okay, who are we going after? What are we trying to sell them? What's the best way to do it? you know, what products do we have? And then leveraging all our internal resources. We do everything in-house. We have our own in-house agency. Um, you know, so it's it's cool because you, you really get to touch every piece of it. So uh, it's been fun enough to keep me there this long. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a very interesting place. It's a, you know, in a world everyone says things are flat. Bloomberg is still pretty flat uh, organization, which also makes it fun. You can walk to Mike's desk, you can walk to our chairman's desk, you can ask them a question about something, you can, you know, give an opinion or, or, or an idea. So um, it's very cool in that way. And, you know, I think what keeps people, you know, interested in working there, what's kept me interested there for, for so long. Right, because nowadays, it's very rare that someone stays at one company for even three to five years. So your longevity speaks to the company. I mean, because you're definitely a no-nonsense type of person. And I mean, obviously, you're not going to say you're not happy. I mean, <laughs> really, I mean they've, they've done an excellent job in terms of the culture and the growth that you've been able to achieve. Yeah, look, I, I tell everyone, keep keep everyone honest. Um, the job should be symbiotic. As much as you are blessed to be in a situation where you, you can say, I want this and, 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 and you're you know, you're giving just as much back, you have to keep them honest. So, you know, I could have I would never be there if I was in the same position I was at, if I didn't push for different roles or or, you know, put myself out there to get exposure to other people to get offered other roles, um, you know, it would become redundant, you know, and I, I say every two to three years, I inflect, you know, I kind of reflect on, am I happy? What I want to do? Is this where I want to be still? Am I, am I having fun? Um, and, you know, you don't have to have fun every single day, but if you're going months and you haven't had fun, then you, you need to look and can you have fun where you're at or do you need to go look somewhere else? So, you know, it's not like I've never looked anywhere else, but, you know, I've always been able to find what I need there. And, you know, I always say get the most out of what you have now before you go and make that big move to something else because it's going to be much harder to come back. So. I'm still milking it um, and, you know, I'll milk it till it's dry and, and, you know, we'll, we'll keep keeping everyone honest, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of my, my motto. Love it. You mentioned your access to some of the senior level people within the firm. And one of those people just happened to be running for president. Yeah. W without getting into too much detail, like what was that like working for a presidential candidate? Uh, Uncle Mike, look, it's, uh, it, it was cool. It was different. And, you know, you can't really, you know, it feels like so long ago now with, with all the, the COVID-19, but back when that was happening, it was just, it was a lot of, a lot of internal chatter, you know, before and after, because, you know, there was, there was thoughts of, you know, even four years ago that happening and ended up not happening. So what had happened this time? And, you know, it's something, it's something that he I felt strongly about wanting to do, but, you know, it's, can you do it? Does it affect, you know, the whole thing? Is he an independent or a Republican or a Democrat? 
you know, um, is it going to cannibalize another candidate? So there's, there's, there's lots of things. And, you know, you, you hear all that chatter internally, the, the comms folks, because, you know, you have a lot of people playing double duty at this point, people whose job was to do something one day, now with the campaign there now, hopefully they do something else. So it's, it's interesting to get to hear kind of some of the inner workings and, and thought process that goes into it, and all the consultants and advisors to even, you know, go into it. Um, and even the, look, the conversations I would have, with people who would be like, oh, you know, Mike's running and they know him for one piece. And, you know, I can, you know, I would somehow be, you know, 20 minutes later pitching them on, on why he was a potentially good candidate, you know, political monopoly, but just kind of like give him a fuller picture. You know, he's not just about banning big gulps and, you know, stopping smoking, which are all great things. Uh, but, you know, the fact that, you know, he does have a lot of money. And he can't be bought. Um, and if you, you know, he has, you know, four or five key tenants that he cares about. And if, if you align with those, you know that he's going to do that, nothing else, because he doesn't owe anyone anything else. So, you know, there's, there's pieces to it of, of the way you, you know, whether you agree with everything or not, knowing someone is exactly how they seem is, you know, unfortunately novel these days. You have to respect it. Exactly. Exactly. The, you know, you can't be bought. When really no one has more money than you, no one can buy you. Um, so it's, um, you know, it's a, it was it was interesting, and you know, um, you know, it ended up not working out. But you know, I think it was a it was a, it was cool just to see how that that little piece of how that machine works to uh, you know run for president. That reminded me of a meme. I can't wait, basically, to get enough money to actually be the person I really am. No, it, look, it, he can do whatever he wants to do. Look, he still shows up to work every day. I mean, so there's, there's different qualities that are, that are interesting. And, and once again, talking about Bloomberg being there so long, a lot of that of the company is a reflection of him. And, you know, the fact that he, he comes to work and, you know, he'll always say, you know, our job is whatever needs to get done. You know, if you see a piece of garbage in front of you, today you're a janitor. Pick it up. If you see someone that needs help with something, that is, you know, we, we can't get so boxed in. And I think that's how also I've, I think I've done well. And, you know, if I see something and I have an idea, it, Maybe it's not marketing or maybe it wasn't sales or maybe it wasn't this, but you know, there's, there's no one blocking you from giving an opinion, giving your insight, helping out, pitching in. And it's not just saying it and giving someone else to do, but actually, you know, saying it and bringing action with it. So, you know, that resonates with folks and it especially resonates, uh, resonates there. Very cool. Your sweatshirt says weirdos and regulars. Yes. Versus regulars. Versus regulars. I consider myself slightly weird. So weird is not necessarily a bad thing. Weirdos are, are, are optimal here. Regulars, no one, the, the, the point of it is no one wants to be regular. I mean, I don't think anyone, if someone describes someone as regular, I don't think anyone would take them necessarily as a blowing cop. Right, who wants to be a basic? No one. No one wants to be basic. So the point of this, and this is actually one of, um, a guy I went to high school with. Uh, he has a company called Rich Weirdo, and that's what this is from. It's all about just embracing your creativity and, and that side of you that may be labeled as weird, but it makes you different and unique. Uh, super cool, super cool stuff. He started a clothing line all kind of on his own. Um, so, um, but I just, I just like the messaging um, that it has. But, you know, I, to your question, I've hired, at this point, I think I've hired most of the people that report either directly to me or, or <clears throat> levels um, beneath there. Um, and you know, they all are a little bit weird in their own way. That only means they're all creative. They all think differently. They all have their own way of approaching stuff. Um, you know, I'm all about fit, you know, I, I need to, you know, if I don't want to come to work and work with you, it, it's probably not a good fit. Um, you know, so, um, so I, it's, it's, it's been a conscious effort to make sure everyone has a little bit of weird in them, uh, just to fit into 
the group. We, you know, we're not looking for boring, regular, you know, basic people. <laughs> and, and look, it's marketing too. You can't be regular in marketing. Uh, you have to have a sense of creativity in there. You know, with, you know, working in finance and marketing, you, you have to be creative, but you also have to have ROI and show KPIs and, and really, you know, kind of uh, be able to articulate the value you're adding. But still, if you're a marketing person, you're looking to add something to the table that no one else can. If you're sitting with product folks, sales folks, you know, they are looking to you to tell them something they don't already know. Uh, so, so I'm all about the weirdos. <laughs> Team weirdo. Team weirdo. Do you mind sharing an instance or two professionally where you were like, what the hell, how am I going to pivot? How am I going to rebound? And the thought processes. Sure. I mean, you know, I <clears throat> alluded to it earlier, you know, when I left, you know, I was in sales and business development at Bloomberg for six, six, six and a half years. Um, and, you know, I, I did relatively well there, but, you know, certain part was like, I don't, I don't like this anymore. It just, it isn't for me. Um, it was a good experience, but I want to kind of do something else broader than out. Um, and I didn't know where I wanted to go. You know, I, I did lots of places, sales types, jobs, strategy jobs, and, you know, just nothing was the fit I was actually looking for. So, you know, it's one of those things you get a situation where, you know, you almost start to feel desperate. It's like, I don't like the situation I'm in, um, but I'm not, I can't find what the next situation, I, I don't have this clear path of exactly what I want to do next. I just know I don't love this. Um, so that was, you know, <clears throat> for a few months, so I was just like kind of this conflict. And, you know, once again, it goes back to kind of putting yourself out there and, you know, even when you don't know your interview for something, you're interviewing for something. So, you know, the work I had done with the marketing team, you know, the area audience that, that, that I covered was where we first started doing marketing. So I had a lot of experience with them. I, I, I pushed the sales team to, to kind of work with them a little more kind of as their kind of sales advocate. Um, and, um, and that was noticed by, you know, our CMO uh, at the time and, and some other folks. So, you know, when I, when they found out I was looking around and would potentially maybe be leaving, you know, they were like, no, 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 come over here. We have a spot. Yeah, I think it'd be great. And, you know, once again, I know if it was the right thing, but I knew it wasn't the wrong thing. And I knew that I would at least get some additional experience and more breath under my belt. So at the very least, if I hated it, now I have sales and marketing roles uh, and I can, you know, uh, leverage that, you know, control that, you know, as long as you have that next step navigated, you know, the rest will kind of, you know, fall in place a bit. So, so that was, uh, that was, you know, something that, who knows, you know, it's kind of luck, preparation, meet opportunity, you know, everything kind of came together. And, and then from there, it's been, you know, pretty rapidly where I got up to speed and um, was able to, to, to do pretty well thus far. And I'm happy you mentioned that when you said, I knew that I wasn't happy where I was. So I started to think about what's the next direction. One of my biggest pet peeves with anyone is someone who's not happy, but all they do is complain. I mean, everyone's entitled to vent, but after the second time, if you can't present any actionable solutions, either shut up or like do something. So exactly. But yeah, look, no one's going to do it for you. And everyone has their own issues. So no one wants to hear, you know, all the time, you know, what do you do? Look, I, I went on dozens of interviews, you know, it was like, I was trying to figure it out. You know, each one would tell me what I didn't want to do or maybe guide me to what I, you know, did want to do. And then out of nowhere, something pops up that I wasn't, wasn't even on my radar um, that became the opportunity. So it's, you know, you got to put in the work and, you know, hope, you hope the things, you know, work out, you know, eventually. Um, and, you know, so far I've been lucky that they have generally. I would say that's an understatement. 
Brandon is clearly being very humble. I think they've worked out amazingly and you're still super, we're still super young. We are. So the sky's the limit, lots of potential. 30 to do 20, that's what I say. Right. But with more disposable income. Exactly. You have a beautiful family with two kids now. Yes, Avery and Emerson. Oh my God, aren't those the most stately, bougie names? I love it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> You know, has to look good on a resume. Exactly. They need to call you back. And, you know, it's exactly. only when you see them that they'll be there. But, um, right, how do you balance your personal family life with all that you're responsible for at this large firm? I set boundaries early, you know, even for whatever role. Even when I, you know, wasn't managing anyone and I was just, you know, doing my thing. I always, you know, I said, I'm going to come in at this time and I'm going to leave at this time. And, you know. If there's an extraordinary situation, something that needs to get done, you know, you, you, you put in extra time, but otherwise things will be there tomorrow. Like, you know, I say my job, I'm not saving lives. You know, we're, we're, we're I work in finance. Like, you know, we're not, we're, we're, we're helping people make money and, and there's an infrastructure to our economy that, you know, we are definitely aiding, but we're not, you know, I'm not on the clock, you know, doing heart surgery. So if I decide at 5.30 versus 6.30 versus 7.30, it probably won't change a lot uh, what will come the next day. And, you know, I would say people set those boundaries early, you know, because some people will come in and it's like, oh, I'm going to work 14 hours a day. Well, you know what? They're going to expect to work 14 hours a day for your foreseeable future. If you come in and you set those boundaries, you get your work done. You know, don't get me wrong. It's not about you leave and it's like, where'd they go? But you get your stuff done and, and you know, you're out at whatever reasonable time, then people, you know, people respect it. Like, okay, well, get the stuff done. He leaves a time I, I don't have an issue, and, and, and so I, I tell that of everyone. I, I I will literally, you know, if I'm if I'm home and I log in, and you know, we can deal with people are logged in. I see someone log eight o'clock. I'll, I'll say why. Like, what are you working on that has you on right now still? Or if someone's complaining that oh, I'm I'm working, you know, fifteen hour days. You know, my my question. I'm not saying oh, good job. I'm saying why. Like, what what's not efficient about your workflow? And I and I'll have plenty of conversation. I'll walk through. I'll so map me the past week, every single thing they've done. And we'll point out where they're being inefficient and, and how they can do that quicker. Maybe they're not communicating the right way or maybe they're going about something in a wrong way. They just don't know a process uh, that is correct. Um, you know, but that's, I mean, efficiency is a passion of mine, but I just, I, I you know, you need the balance. Um, and you need, you need process, you need efficiency to make sure you have that balance um, because it's not all about work. Like, what's the point of work if you're going to enjoy exactly. it? Exactly. You know, the flip side of it, you know, um, it's, it's Right, work and then die. What's the point? I don't. I mean, exactly, exactly. You know, I work because yeah, you know, I, I enjoy doing. But I also like making a paycheck, so I can use that money to have fun and do things, and you know, go on trips and vacations, and buy toys for the kids, and you know, go out to nice dinners. Like that's you know fun, and you know, feed my my technology habit, and buy every gadget I can you know possibly think of. You know, so I'm a big a big tech nerd. Tech and travel are kind of my thing. So. You know, it, it's all about enjoying that. So, and then, so obviously when they, you know, get married and then the kids come along, you know, it's it's already built in there that I, you know, prioritize. And if anything, prioritize even more to, to, to make time to, to enjoy it, to be home, you know, before they go to bed and we have dinner and all those things just because it wouldn't be sustainable for me otherwise. And, you know, it's, in a day it's about what you prioritize. Some people don't prioritize and that's fine. And depending on your situation where you're at, you can prioritize different things. When I was 24, 25, I was traveling three days a week, you know, um, I was on planes every other day. I was doing 150 flights uh, a year, you know, so it was a 
much different. And that now I, you know, I'll do longer trips, but less often, you know, but I still, you know, I have to deal with Avery calling me and saying, you know, where are you? Or she'll put her foot down. Like into last year, she told me, I think it was a trip in December. She said, this is your last trip of the year. Um, Wait, how so I was like, all right. She, well, she's five now. She was four at the time. She's going on 40. She is uh, an old soul, as they say. Uh, but she told me that's it. No more trips. Even now with the, the calls, she'll tell me no more calls today. If you found her in a crowd, you'd be like, I know your father. <laughs> you mentioned something. You're not doing heart surgery. But right now with, with COVID-19, people are having heart attacks with their finances. Yeah. So I'm curious, yeah. what, how has business changed or the environment? I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. I mean, look, at, at, for us at Bloomberg, we, we've been lucky, you know, what we're, what we do and the, the service we provide hasn't been immediately affected um, by it just because, you know, banks and financial firms and, you know, folks that's still happening. It's happening differently. We've had to adjust how we engage with, with our clients and things like that with everyone work from home, but we haven't, you know, been affected in that way as much, you know, where we've more, you know, from my standpoint, what I have more focus on is the folks who, who work for me and around me, you know, who have different situations, who do have people that either they've been sick. I've had multiple people on the team who have had it and, and been through it and got COVID and got cured or people who are their relatives who have had it and either got cured or still sick have passed away from it, you know, let alone folks who are by themselves. You know, I have a team that is, you would say relatively, you know, some folks are younger and they're, you know, mid to late, late 20 some folks where they're by themselves. You know, they're in a one-bedroom apartment in New York City by themselves and haven't, you know, interacted with people in the past, you know, three, four weeks. You know, so that's, you know, there's a mental health toll. You have to just be conscious. You know, we, we've tried to be super clear to people, like, is, this is not the end of the world. If you're not, you know, logged in, you know, if you have to miss a meeting, if you, you know, just can't, you know, follow up on something right away, it's fine. Like, it is, nothing's that serious, you know, compared to, you know, physical health and mental health. So it's, um it's just interesting and it's just trying to constantly remind yourself it's a different mentality maybe you might have had if this wasn't happening so there's a a new level of compassion and empathy um that everyone just has to to take on a bit so you know that's it's 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 interesting when i think bloomberg it's i think obviously the most the ultimate uh, white collar wall street no but you everything that you've mentioned seems very like you all have a heart, which is awesome. I, I just didn't peg the company culture to be anything like that. It's, I mean, one thing I've learned, and I'll say this to everyone, you know, interviewing people or whatever, you know, what people like about it, it's the people. And I think, you know, as much as the same things I'm saying, you would hear the same thing from from Mike and and, and the other senior leadership there. It's, uh, we want our people to be happy and we want to be really safe and, and healthy. And, you know, what's cool is you have that side in the company, but then you have, you know, where, you know, Bloomberg is donating, you know, masks or Bloomberg is, is, is paying for all these initiatives to, to fight COVID. And, you know, the whole issue we have with every town with all the mayors um, around the world and, and just, you know, giving money, not just money, we usually give people in consultation for how do you handle, you know, certain types of things. So that's, that also helps that morale, you know, because people feel like, you know, we're in business and we're lucky, you know, we're not, you know, right now worried about jobs. Um, but also work we're doing, all that, all those profits are then funding to help a broader scope. So uh, that's one of our selling pitches uh, and what kind of, you know, I think it helps in, during all this, you, you hear a lot of negativity. So if you feel like what you're doing plays a small piece uh, into, you know, helping, you know. It's, it boosts your spirit. It does. It does. It makes it feel like it matters a little more. 
I mean, everyone can help in their own way. So, I mean, if, even if you going to work is helping, that's a plus, you know, and, and so yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Mike can contribute millions of dollars. That's great. You know, everyone can help within their means. Right. So, so one day, one day. Exactly. Exactly. It, speaking into fruition. <laughs> so good. If everyone was like this meeting for the last 15 minutes and I won't have to drag stuff out because you answer three questions in one. I have a whole thing about meetings. Like I hate the standard 30 or an hour. What's wrong with a 17 minute meeting? I like standing meeting. Once we're done, yeah, don't get me wrong. I like to chit chat so we can, we can chit chat. But once that initial meeting's done, everyone who doesn't want to talk can leave. You know, I just, we don't need to fill time. Thank you. You don't need FaceTime. People don't need to stay till 11 o'clock to prove you're better nope. than the next. For me, it shows that you're not like efficient, like you were saying earlier. Yeah, anti-FaceTime, which is one of the reasons I didn't go into finance initially like actually into like a bank. Cause I was like, I, I know mentally I can't, if I'm going to sit here till 11 o'clock just so someone sees me sit here. Nah, I'm good. Nah. All right. <laughs> okay. Brandon, what would you tell yourself 10 years ago? Um, it's all going to work out. I mean, I think I would say, you know, tackle every opportunity. So, you know, do as much as you can within each period, you know, um, try. And I, look, I, I think I did for the most part, you know, I, I, I took on different roles, tried different things. Um, but, you know, get as many experiences under your belt as possible because, you know, different stages of life will allow you to do different types of things. So, um, you know, I, I would say do maybe a little bit more of that. Um, but, um, but yeah, just, just, I mean, if anything, just kind of, I don't know. I, I, I started out saying, you know, say everything will work out, but even that, that might take away some of the tenacity and some of that anxiety that you kind of need. So, you know, I wouldn't want to get comfortable. So I don't know that, I don't know that I would tell myself anything. I'll kind of just watch and, you know, you know, knowing that everything did, you know, it's, I wouldn't want to mess that up. I have this, I have this thing with like butterfly effect too. I don't want, you know, I'm, I take it very literally. You don't want to know everything's going to be fine or else you're not going to push to make sure it's fine. I always say I would do all this stuff the same. And I, you know, I, I, will, I usually say no regrets. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about this recently. I, only people who are in a good position say they don't believe in regrets. You know, so I think it's kind of a, you know, I think it's a fun, it's a fine thing to say, but it's like, yeah, but the person who's like lost their job or is in a bad spot, they're not going to say, oh, I don't believe in regrets. They're going to be like, I regret these eight things because I'd love to be in a different position. People, you know, so, so, you know, I won't say that, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with, the decisions I've made thus far. So far, so good, but I'm never satisfied. Knock on wood. Very superstitious as well. Travel, tech, superstition, and efficiency. Yes. Yeah, you sell me up four words. I was like, I was trying to think of an acronym, but my brain is not. Like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's me. I, I was trying to think if you had a vowel in there. <laughs> e. There we go. I'm sure something. Right, I'll figure this out. How has it been for you rising as a black man in this industry, in the financial services industry and in marketing? It's, uh, look, it's interesting. You know, there's, there's, in most cases, not someone before you that looked like you, <clears throat> ever. You know, there's never been a black person in my role. There's never been <coughs> a black person. Corona! I don't feel like those memes where I like try to hold the coffin. <clears throat> That's just because I didn't bring any water to the coffin. No, 
I'll hold my breath for 10 seconds if you want to test it out, but I, I think I'm good. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything the first call. Rude. It's rude. So look, it's interesting. It's, uh, there, there's no there's no previous path so you know you get to different roles and you know i think people take it differently we're not in a place where people don't see it so to say it doesn't exist is i think ignorant because there are people who do see it as long as anyone sees it or, or, or recognize you for that piece then it, it's there so it's um you know i'm in meetings and i'm usually the only one in most meetings so it's um you know i think i, I try to make sure my reputation and the things i say you know validate you know, I, I, I try to have a chip on my shoulder per se, where it's like, oh, let me overly show them. Cause then, you know, I don't want to look, I'm trying too hard, but at the end of the day, the stuff that I do say in the comments, you know, I, I, I like for people to very quickly be like, oh yeah, I get it. Or, or that, you know, I'm not questioning it or I, you know, think there's some other reason why he's here, et cetera. You know, which is, look, that's something that alone the fact that you know i have that thought it is i mean we're so used to it it's kind of like second nature but once i sit down and really think like you know we go through a lot it's look and i mean that's the whole idea of privilege the fact that we think about it, other people don't is a privilege of not thinking about it so you know it, it kind of it is what it is but you know if anything it you know hopefully makes you know makes us try a little bit harder and you know success a little bit you know better so you know, I'll, I'll never complain. I'll just, you know, keep doing the best you can do. And like my dad said, hey, I've been black all my life. Like this is, exactly. it is what it is. So it wasn't an option. So, um, you know, and, and it's good, you know, and, and the other part is, you know, I try to, let's say normalize it, but you know, I'll, 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 I'll call someone out in a second. You know, it's, you know, no one's trying to pretend to be something else, you know? So if someone says something like, yeah, it's, I don't use the R word, but it seemed a little, and, and, I'll, and I'll keep it 100 with everyone, you know, and, and, and not in a way that makes someone feel like, you know, attacked or like it's like a HR issue, but it's just like you have to be able to kind of like put it out there and, and, you know, it needs to be a dialogue or just things that honestly people to think about that they might not otherwise think about. You don't know what you don't know. And that's so you got to kind of put it out there. All right. The last thing you ordered on Amazon. Um, board games. I sort of like six board games for the kids. Uh, Monopoly Junior and a bunch of other stuff and also probably something my, my orders are usually big so I probably ordered something like another like Echo or something like that who knows I've, I have an Amazon addiction record profits right now rec like the trillion dollar company there's like a, a, a status in Amazon like if you do enough reviews then you're like I forget what they call it but then they send you all the free stuff for you to the review I, I mean, I don't have time for that personally, but it's something I like statuses. That's that's my thing. Like I like like my airline status, my hotel status. Like I, I like having. So I'd like to be whatever diamond. If you want to call me diamond, I'm good with that. I'm a point sore. I like the status. I like all my metal cards. I mean, who doesn't want that? What's your favorite word besides status? <laughs> that is that out of context sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to go different because I, I would usually say efficiency, but we kind of beat that one down. I mean, we beat it down because it's true. Efficiency. Efficiency and synergy. I like, you know, I like making things better. This is not so amazing, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. What is something? <laughs> That's a good setup. Under promise, over deliver. That's, that is my motto, actually, in life. I'm glad you said that. That's what I tell everyone. It's better. Manage expectations.
You have to. You ha- you're always going to come out on top. What is something that I didn't ask you that I should have? I mean, we didn't talk about sports at all, but it's kind of depressing. So is, is your team the Jets? I have a suite through Bloomberg um, for the Jets. So I'm, a, I'm kind of a quasi... All my Giants fans are going to hate on this, but I have my, my custom game uh, jersey. Oh, yeah, this is on field. This is, this is the real thing. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a New York fan now, I say, because my Giants have been just atrocious um, for the past few years. So I, you know... So, you know, what we try to do in the past few years is, uh, is do more hospitality with our, with our clients. So, you know, whether it's suites or access to certain things, just ways to engage for our, for our sales team to engage with, with clients. So, so it's fun. So I get to, you know, do the, the perks of that, you know, with different stuff. If, if, I, if I just complained and move, I wouldn't be doing any of this right now. So You have exceeded my expectation. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Under promise over, I told you, man's expectation. I appreciate it. <laughs> so maybe we'll catch up outside of recording. Yes. Okay. I'm going to press stop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode. I'll see you next time. Don't forget to visit us at www.brithappens.com.